0: I tell you, man, I came to this life, kind of this life-affirming why, this statement that I like, rang true like, like, a, like a beautiful note in the air that was like, man, this is it. I will want to do this till the day I die. And it's, I want to work with great people, for great people, to do meaningful work that makes a difference.
1: That was Travis McShan, and this is the Story of Business podcast by Parable Brand. Hey everybody, welcome, I'm your host, Luke Frazier. And as always, I'm just excited to share this conversation with you. You know, the conversations we have here on this podcast are truly the mission field of Parable. And that is to help bridge the gap of business owners to their ideal customer through the power of story. And so here you're gonna hear stories of business owners, creatives, people who are living on purpose, and they're doing so by inviting people into their narrative, into the narrative of a whole. And this episode is no different. Today we have founder of Glide, Mr. Travis Makishan. And this conversation is powerful. We go into just the story and kind of the struggle of finding your business, finding the passion and finding how it all works. Uh, We talk through just life and balance and and balance with family and and owning a business. And we talk about what it means to live out growth-driven design and meaningful, purposeful work. I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation. I hope you can take some notes. But in the meantime, here is our conversation with Travis McShane of Glide Design. all right we are so excited to be back here on another episode uh, of the story of the business podcast and, and I'm really excited for our guest today we have CEO founder of glide design mr Travis macashan and we were just talking before among other things dad father apprentice uh, you know light shiner uh, encourager uh, you are just a man of, of many titles and uh, we are just so grateful Travis thanks for coming on the show today
0: well, thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and I'm humble for all of those titles.
1: Oh. <laughs> I love hey. it. So, you know, the, the thing about titles, I, I just, this just hit me is, is that, you know, titles, they, they really don't give anyone a good snapshot of someone's story. You know, they, they might, they, they give me enough to assume who you are, but they don't give us a a real depth in depth. And so, you know, our, our goal today is to dive into your story and the story of glide. And, um, for, for some people to just to get to know you a little, little bit better right off the top. Um, I would love to hear. So, uh, one, you could just tell us what, what is glide all about in a, in a little sentence. And then two, uh, how did you get into it? Where did that all start for you?
0: Sure. So, um, I, I will throw in just so whoever is, you know, taking the time to listen to this. So I'm a, I'm a husband, a father of four. And, you know, I would say that first and foremost, you know, supporting my family and and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff is, is obviously been a huge part of my life, but glide Mm -hmm. is my passion Mm and how I exert a significant amount of my ability to, to do my why, which is to work Mm -hmm. with, great people for great, great people to do meaningful work that makes a difference. So I started Glide and uh, wait, so to answer your question, it's just a a quick, a quick overview of Glide. Is that right?
1: Yeah. What, what, what what does Glide do today?
0: So Glide, the way I describe it, you know, it's probably a mouthful, but you know, we're a values first digital creative agency Mm -hmm. and you know, um, that probably doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people. So I would simplify and say, we design, build and support marketing websites Cool. Um, so, you know, that's the simplified answer.
1: There you go. There you go. How does one get into that?
0: Oh man. Well, I think that it, it is probably harder these days, uh, yeah. than it was 15 years ago when you just basically needed to know how to use a computer and make a website, you <laughs> know, and Squarespace or I don't know, Squarespace wasn't around back then. I don't know what, WordPress. But, uh, and, you know, but I think it's got pretty nuanced. you know, I mean, uh, sometimes I look at what we do as almost like, we're almost like a MarTech, you know, mm. marketing technology company these yeah. days. I mean, the, the role disciplines that are happening right now, um, are definitely increasing whenever we're mm-hmm. in a hiring process. We're very rarely, in fact, we're trying to avoid hiring people that are a Jack of all trades. Mm. You know, someone that says, Oh, I, you know, I design and I develop and I, you know, do this and, and that, and the other, we're, we're actually looking for people who have a passion for content yeah. strategy or have a passion for UX, mm-hmm. you know, or because I just think that in all things, the higher you compete, just like with sports, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in high school, you can play all, all the sports mm-hmm. and, and you can excel. But when you're a professional athlete, unless you're Bo Jackson, uh, you know, you're probably not going to excel. I mean, even Michael Jordan really was just an okay baseball player. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, so role discipline is real important. So I think that, you know, the best way that you can enter th- is to kind of find the track, you know, at least in our industry and in mm-hmm. what we do, uh, that is, that you have the most passion for yeah. that you have, the maybe an affinity, but also maybe a, a knack or a talent or, um, a natural kind of gifting in design or, you know, technical know-how related to development, things like that.
1: Yeah, that's really good. And so, you know, if we, if we go back, you know, all the way to the beginning, uh, in college, you were, you were an athlete, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. I was a, I was a skinny fast white guy, ran <laughs> 400 hurdles. Um, you know, uh, I, it was funny because I was just sharing this like whole journey that I yeah. took with my, with my own team this morning cool. in our stand our weekly standup. They're probably like, Oh God, he's going to go off on this other story, you know? Um, uh, but I think they like it. It's inspiring, I suppose. I hope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, I ran track in college. You know, I um, I had some setbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, I I ran on a stress fracture and broke my foot, mm. and 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 just kind of dealt with a significant amount of pain. But I was able to overcome it and you know accomplish some pretty cool stuff. Yeah.
1: So, How did that translate into the starting uh, of Glide and and actually the the businesses that you uh, started and and were a part of prior to where Glide is today?
0: Yeah. So I got my degree in architecture from Texas A&M. That was literally the most creative major A&M had. They were pretty kind of old school Mm -hmm. agriculture, mechanical, you know, at Texas A&M. But, um, and even then the major still wasn't as technologically savvy as I would have preferred. So I went to the Dean of my college and I convinced them to let me, uh, write my own curriculum yeah. for an entire year. So my, for my senior year, I made up my own curriculum. Wow. I had all the teachers sponsor each class and approve it. And it was geared around graphic design and the internet. Wow. Um, and so that was really cool. And it allowed me to exercise a little bit more of my gifts. I realized by the, my junior year that I didn't think that I was going to become an architect. Okay. Um, and you know, I think that I, as much as I love design, I just I just couldn't imagine myself just kind of sitting designing buildings and mm. things like that. I love the digital realm, mm-hmm. and um, and so you know came out of that and pretty early on got a got a job as a as a graphic designer at an internet startup, and then went from there to be the creative director and UX designer at my first startup, my first official company that mm. I started. At, um, it's kind of an interesting story, but to make it really short, I basically sold everything I owned, drove across the country to a tiny little logging town off I-5 <laughs> in, in Rogue River, Oregon, wow. where for whatever reason, my business partner decided to move his family and yeah. uh, and proceeded to work seven days a week you know, for the next year and a half or so mm-hmm. um, without a single friend aside from my dog. Yeah. And uh, it was a great experience, though. It taught me a lot. I ended up moving back to Austin, and that's when I started Glide, and that was about 2003.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What was the, uh, you know, original moment? Do you feel like that you remember that kind of encouraged you to even pursue what glide is today?
0: I think that it was this moment of distinct clarity of autonomy. In Mm -hmm. fact, before I left for Oregon to start this company, it was called Pixona, uh, the company that I left, but I'd actually left my previous company to just start my own thing. Okay. And I actually called it glide. So I technically started glide before I left for Oregon and came back. But, wow. um, it, I think that the, the absolute number one thing was, um, this cultural pillar that we have at glide that I call autonomy An mm-hmm. autonomy is a little bit of an, I don't know, it's kind of like an ambiguous word to some, but it's mm-hmm. basically self-liberty. It's freedom of place, freedom of time. And I just really wanted to do my own thing. Yeah. And, um, I believed in myself. And so I started glide I picked up a couple clients and then it was just kind of in that period of time when I left that company that I was previously at mm-hmm. and the president, the founder of the company that I also left, he wanted to leave too. So we kind of left together and started a new thing. Gotcha. Um, but ultimately I ended up back, back here in Austin and, and started Glide, and it, it was just, you know, to me an opportunity to believe in myself and mm-hmm. to, I, I would say it's twofold, twofold. Number one, autonomy, okay. but number two, to do what I loved. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I was in a place where there would be nothing that would be stopping me from doing the thing that I wanted Come to on. do most, you Come know? On. And so that was super important. And I can't tell you how many times over the next 10 years that mm. I had opportunities to do other things that paid me more, yeah, that, uh, that gave me bigger opportunities, sure. but that would constrict my ability to do the thing that I loved in autonomy. And those wow. two kind of, those two driving principles really kept me on track. You know, there's, a lot. Of, I remember I had an opportunity to, to be a director of marketing at some, you know, loan company in Arizona and I turned it down, but it was like three times more money than I was making wow. at the time. And the only reason I turned it down was like, man, this is not going to allow me. Turns out that company, this was in 2001, uh, when the mortgage or in 2008, when the mortgage crisis happened mm-hmm. and that company went bankrupt. And, <laughs> and so it's just kind of, it was just kind of this neat, like affirm or confirmation to me that like yeah. following my heart. And sticking with what I wanted to do was the right decision.
1: Wow. So. That is, is so powerful. You know, there's, there's like this, this balance I see in there that, and you kind of talked about it earlier, like, well, becoming as a company, you know, you're in your higher process, becoming more specific about what we want to do with our lives or what we, maybe we feel like God is is calling us to, or what we just love or what we're good at. This being very specific about that. But then like, Also trying to like live in flexibility of like, how can I continue to do this specific thing in all areas of my life in a way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, so I wonder for you, like, it is kind of an aside, but like, how does that play into the rest of your life, like get, getting really specific, like the, this is the man I want to be. This is the person I want to be. This is the, the, the story I want to live, but also like, because it creates flexibility or because it, you know, allows others to do what they want to do.
0: Well, I'll not really turn that question on its head, but turn it back around to say, I think that you actually start in the reverse. Uh, I read a book by a fellow named Michael Gerber. It's called yeah. the email. And, you know, in his book, he states, look, don't go find a job, mm. figure out what you want your life to be, and then go and find a job that supports that. Wow. That's completely opposite of the way most people live. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I read this book and it kind of had this like profound and deep impact on me. And one of the kind of the elements or the, the things that he recommended was kind of to think about what is your primary aim in life? Mm. And, you know, I spent the next 10 years thinking about that. I mean, like intensely thinking about mm-hmm. that. And I basically got to the point where I had this list and I'm, I'm a big list guy. It's just the way <laughs> I think. But I had this list of 10 things. I'm like, dude, when I die, when they're at my funeral and they're saying, hey, here's this guy, yeah. you know, here's the 10 things that I hope they say. And, then, you know, and I have it on my wall, literally directly behind mm-hmm. my head. I read it out loud often. Wow. You know, I use it in my daily affirmations on mm-hmm. a on a a daily basis and it becomes, it's the foundation for my life. And, and <clears throat> so when you think that way, it's kind of like, you know, I don't think that you'll have a midlife crisis if you're living by your core values. Right. Wow. So it's the same thing with jobs. I don't think you're going to have to worry about if you're in the right job or not. Mm-hmm. If you know what your primary aim in life is and if you're living by it, you know, and, and, um, and it's different for everybody, right. Yeah. You know, it's not the same for two people. And um, so I think that really helped because it positioned me in a place where I was constantly almost course correcting on like an, like a daily, weekly, you know, uh, monthly basis. And, um, and it helped me kind of stay true, you know, to some of these things that are real important to me, even if they hadn't yet manifest.
1: Yeah. You know, to that, to that point, Travis, who, who were the, the, the guiding people in your life that helped pour into that idea?
0: Oh man, there's so many, real people. And then I, I think half of my mentors were authors, you know, like as in I never met them in person They, I just, I just chose them as a mentor the because big old
1: bookshelf behind you.
0: Yeah. Cause I love, I love their books and yeah. And man, I'm a huge audible.com. I probably have like 300 books on <laughs> over the last, I was probably one of their very first customers. Like yeah. I don't know how many years ago. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I want to give credit to some, like, actual people mm-hmm. that really kind of had massive impact. First was, as I mentioned, the, the job opportunity that I had where I moved to Oregon, and um, it was my first job after college, um, and then I left that company. Um, but Bill Hillstead, mm-hmm. and he was just a really great mentor to me. He taught me so many life, life lessons, and, um, and, and he was the first to really kind of see potential in me that I didn't see in myself, wow. and, and really... You know, Les Brown, famous business author and, 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 and life coach and, and, you mm-hmm. know, motivational speaker, he, he has this quote, he's like, sometimes when you can't, when you don't believe in yourself, you just have to believe in the people that believe in you, <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, and so it was really neat, you know, so he, he really called greatness out of me and, um, so good. really started my career, um, another individual, Um, who was the CEO of the company that I left, but then we ended up becoming lifelong friends and and supporting each other. He supported me for many years in Mm -hmm. just various ways. Uh, Brian McClure, who uh, was uh, just a really smart businessman. Mm -hmm. Um, And then my first, even going back to my first job, a fella named Steve Gersage, who um, uh, sadly recently passed away. Mm -hmm. And he was just adored and just a a very good person and, and loved by all. And um, and you know, I'll never not be grateful for him. He was the one that gave me my first job opportunity yeah. and it really kind of unlocked everything. Um, and you know, I'll even go back and say my mom, you know, like, Come on. so when I was in high school, uh, so my mom supported me like, like undying support, uh, yeah. like my entire life and everything she did, she's super creative. Uh, my, my, my dad as well, but just in different ways, my mom was very artistic, But I remember in in high school, you know, I'm I'm trying to like you know go run track in college, Mm -hmm. and she 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 made me sit down. She's like, I want you to write your goals down Mm. and put them on this piece of paper, and I'm gonna stick them in this like little container, like this little. And at the time, I thought it was cheesy, yeah. Because this is this this, like now I look back and I'm like, this is how I live my life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, daily basis, but. So she made me write down two goals. She made she made me write down a goal, I'm gonna be an all-American, and she made me write down the goals I'm gonna qualify for you trials. Wow. Now both of these goals I thought were un, unattainable. Yeah. Um and generally that's the best goals, right? And I but I wrote these goals down and sure enough, you know, now five you know, five years later in college, um, you know, I was able to achieve those goals and I always look back on that as just like it was such a foundational principle that she taught Mm. me is like belief in yourself. And it starts Mm. by manifesting that into the real world by writing it down. And, you know, there's this whole mystical thing, but this is just tangible black and white. Like I am believing in it enough to put it on a piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, And then, you know, other than that, business authors, you know, Michael Gerber was, you know, in the E-Myth, that was a really big one. Another one that hit me really hard was Simon Sinek.
1: Mm. Um, Come on.
0: He wrote, uh, a number of books leaders eat last, but the book that really kind of impacted me was, um, start with why, Yeah. in fact, like the Ted talks, like 10 minutes, you don't have to watch, them. you know, the books, 300 pages, just watch the, 10 watch minutes. the Ted
1: talk hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then other than that, you know, there's been a, a couple of other authors, I'm a huge fan of like business strategy mm-hmm. and I think that like running a healthy, successful business, the person that I've gotten the most from would probably be Jim Collins. Mm-hmm. You know, He's just got this, I'm a huge fan. Uh, so, I think the way that I think is I look for the most effective solution mm-hmm. and then how can it be the most efficient after wow. that? And I feel like Jim Collins does just this insane amount of research and then presents the case. And it's a compelling case about yeah. here's, here's, here's how great companies think and act and, and you know, mm-hmm. and what they look like. And, and I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I want to have 20% returns for 50 years straight or, you know, or I yeah. want to have you a know, healthy workload or I want to have all my A players on the bus. Right. You know? And so just learning from those people have been just absolutely pivotal you know, so in my good. growth.
1: You know, so you talked about, you know, I mean, two things that really hit me. One, like start with why, right? Like we're, we're reverse engineering this vision in our lives and and it always starts with a purpose, right? And then two, your mom writing down these goals and and and, and they're stretching you. Um, I recently just heard, I think it was T.D. Jakes wrote a book called Drop the Mic and, and he said something along the lines of like, the last person typically to know their greatness inside them is, is you, right. And it's just like, wow, like how, you know, and we, but we need those mirrors in our life to, to oftentimes bring us back.
0: So true. You know,
1: when you were at, you know, this, those early stages of glide, what did you imagine it was going to be like when you began?
0: Man, you know, I, I will say that early on, um, I used to always tell myself like when I came back from Oregon, where I had this job that was I thought was going to be this great, you know, fast-growing startup. It just mm-hmm. didn't work out for various reasons. Um, I, I came back and started Glide. You know, I had negative two hundred dollars in my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my car broke down, and I used my last money to fix this stupid fuel injector. And I get back, and I'm staying with a friend because I don't even have home. And I had to borrow money from my mom. Uh, because I had to like be able to get this cable modem because I, when I left, I forgot to pay. I forgot to return the little cable modem and they charged me like I had like a negative $200 balance, you know, oh, so just to get internet to like yeah. start doing some work. I remember my very first job uh, staying at a friend's house in this apartment complex mm-hmm. was her next door neighbor. I literally drew a stick figure on a piece of paper for like $75. Like he needed this like brand character for his brand. It was Mr. Slatwall. He sold these like... And, and, so the reason I tell you that is because like, man, I had very low expectations. Wow. <laughs> and, um, but you know, I remember for years, for years, I used to say, you know, someday I'm going to have to quit this and go and find a real job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like
0: that was my, that was my headspace it was like, it wasn't like these like mm. entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley who were like, you know, got this hubris where they're like, you know, six months in and they're, they're, they're thinking, you know, within 18 months, I want to be a billion dollar valuation. Right.
1: Yeah, how can we like, sell I, it? yeah, I
0: literally, I didn't have that expectation. No. I just like, was like, I just don't, I guess this is what I'm doing and I don't want to go find a real job, you know? And, and, uh, but I remember, you know, to me, maybe the best way that I can explain it in a concise fashion is it was just this continual process of crushing limiting beliefs. Mm, come on. It was just, I can't tell you, like, I would write goals like revenue goals. And I look back on those now and think that it's funny that I even thought that that was impossible. But then wow. at the time, you know, if you're only making, you know, like, less than $50,000, you know, as an entire organization. And you're like, okay, I want to make $250,000. Yeah. Well, like, that's a lot, right? Yeah. But then, you know, for a person that's making a million dollars to look at that and say, well, that's not very much. But, like, yep. people don't understand it. It's like I was in the, my kid, my son was looking for his toothbrush and you know um he couldn't find it and he was kind of crying this last night and i walk in the bathroom and it's sitting right there in the basket i'm like dude it's right there in the basket you know but then this is what i did check this out i kneeled down to his height and i couldn't see the toothbrush at all wow
1: it was invisible come on and
0: it just it just kind of makes you think like i feel like that is a parable like for wow. our business success is like sometimes when we look at other people's situations yeah. it's obvious but like I think that, that limiting beliefs literally make things invisible to you, mm. you know, and, uh, and you just think it's not possible. And it's just like, what a, you know, you got to overcome that. Man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. When, when, okay. So when did you first overcome that for your business to believe? Yeah. Like we can be at these insane revenue goals and and, and we can actually be breaking down these walls. Like what was that process like for you?
0: Well, it's never an arrival. It's more of just like a, you know, the journey continues and it still continues. But I will say, I think one thing that really made a, uh, like, cause there was a point when I business where like, anytime someone paid me, I would just take that money and like go and deposit it and be like, all right, I can pay my bills. You know, like (laughs) it was just like, you know, like literally living, not even paycheck to paycheck. It was just like whatever I could get. And, um, cause I wasn't even getting a paycheck. I was just getting whatever the money. I mean, it took three months to get the money that way, whatever. But the point was I remember one time when I finally gave myself a salary, Mm -hmm. even if it was a small salary, but like I had enough money in flow now to create a consistent salary, Mm -hmm. you know, for myself, let alone like all, you know, the contractors and people I was working with. Um, and so that was, um, it was like, oh, okay, so this I can create something that's stable because I had always had a heart. I was single up until this point, and I'd always have a heart. You know, someday I'm gonna have a wife and I'm gonna have kids, and when I have a wife and kids, I'm gonna have to go get a real job because this thing isn't, mm. you know, stable. So when I when it started to create that stability, even though it was small and it wasn't very wow. much money, that was like, okay, you know, I just need to now level this up, and so that's when I started setting goals where saying, okay, well, if I'm here, this is where I want to be, and and then breaking down those goals and saying, okay, well. You know, it's one thing to just set a big goal. Then you got to break down how that goal will be achieved. Yeah. yeah. You know? Wow. And yeah, so that made a big difference. And then just putting it, you know, like making it visible. Yeah. You know, I, I think that was a real important aspect of, you know, what I mean. I don't. Everyone. There's a lot of famous folks that, that say this in some fashion or another. But like, what you think about most of the time, you become.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what's the yeah? What's the, the the quote? It's like if if you think you can or can't, you're right.
0: Yeah.
1: Henry Ford, I think. Yeah, totally. And, and I talk about limiting beliefs. Like we we could stay on that for, for hours. Just the way people speak about themselves, you know, the way you were early on, like, well, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have a, you know, business, maybe, but, or just like, you know what? I will always, I'll have to get a new job. Like I'll have to get a job at some point. If you kept on that thought, like glide may not be here.
0: Yeah, And and it's such a
1: powerful thing. Your words are so powerful.
0: Yeah, and I think it—you know—for me, it's interesting because my parents were self-employed, but they always had a really small kind of business mindset. You know, mm. was, they're very humble hippie. Sure. You know, musicians—they weren't really good with money. In fact, that was another limiting belief I had was just that my parents were just, you know, and, and, and hopefully they won't hear this and get mad at me, but you know, they're, they they were not that great with money, you know? Yeah. And so I, I kind of had this limiting belief that I wasn't that great with mm-hmm. money. So that's something that I've had to overcome myself. Mm-hmm. I've, I mean, I got books on my shelf, like, you know, uh, like Dummy's guide to like the financials for a business or, yeah. you know, like, I'm like, Hey, look, whatever it takes, yeah. um, to learn and overcome those, those limiting beliefs. And, um, it's real important, you know, to be able to do that.
1: Yeah. You know, I wonder, I, this just occurred to me, like, I, I, I wonder how often, especially people getting into the business world, they have this limited belief that like, they need to know everything to start a business. Like they have to know everything about it. They have to be the best one there. They have to be the most knowledgeable person. Um, you know, and I kind of want to tie that, I, that thought with this question of like, w- what was kind of the hardest, lesson or the hardest thought system that you had that you were able to overcome along the way
0: you know i would say uh i i have a personality that is very very closely associated with perfectionism Mm -hmm. um so that's a difficulty for me but i think that when you know you're kind of in the trenches perfection kind of goes out the window a little bit because of necessity Mm -hmm. right you know um, and, um, you know, for example, like if I have a client back when I was really small and I was like, oh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, this was when I was first building websites. He's like, I need this form, you know, on our website. And up until then I just put like an email or a contact. Yeah. So I was making everything myself way yeah. back in the day. And, and I, you know, I'm like, sure we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'd be like in Google, like, how do you make a form yeah, on a yeah, website? Yeah. You know, like, cause <laughs> I'd never done it before. Right. That's so, and good. so you know, to me, there's an element. There's two elements. In fact, Vern Harnish, another one of my mentors, mm-hmm. uh, uh, all, by author alone only, um, but he wrote a book called Scaling Up, and it's such a good book. It's it's a methodology about growing your business. To be honest, it's mm-hmm. really complicated, but he, it's just inspiring. Yeah. Um, but so at the end of the book, um, they ask him like, "Hey, Vern, you know, you created this program at MIT. You've created an entrepreneurial organization that has over 16,000 members worldwide." Mm-hmm you change the lives of a lot of business people. You know, what, what are the two trick? what, you know, what are the most common traits or attributes of people that achieve great levels of success? Yeah. And he said, man, my answer is the same as it will be yesterday, today. And in the future, he said, number one, they have an unquenchable, uh, desire to learn mm-hmm. and they have an insatiable bias toward action. Wow. So, unquenchable desire to learn insatiable by bias, right? That is the, the most beautiful upward virtuous cycle that you could ever get. Cause here's the thing you, you, you go, you act, you learn from it mm-hmm. and then, and then you can act again and you can, now you can do it with better so information good. and you'll have learned from it. I think the key is if you miss one of those two things, if you're just acting all the time, mm-hmm. then you're, you're going to be making a lot of the same mistakes or, mm-hmm. or, you know, Uh, If you're just learning all the time, but you're not acting, then, you know, so what? You got a bunch of knowledge in your head, Mm. but when you have both of those two combined on a regular basis, and Mm -hmm. I think that I'm not saying that I've done it all right, but if I look back on my life and I look back at glide, I can say that those two things have really helped me be able to, you know, to achieve things and, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, and I think sometimes I struggle with the bias toward action, you Mm -hmm. know, I I'll I'll vacillate or I'll overthink Mm -hmm. decisions and things like that, but I do think it also depends on your role, right? Like, yeah. so if you're, if you're an entrepreneur, right, it's easier to have a bias toward action because you can actually decide things. Yeah. But if you're an employee at a company and you, you have, you know, seven bosses, right? Yeah. You know, bias toward action may be difficult. It might drive everyone above you crazy. Sure. So I think it kind of depends on your position in the organization.
1: Yeah. Maybe the culture of the company too. You know, I, uh, there's some level of like, if you're hiring specialists, you want them to, be good actors. Like you, you want them to, to take initiative because that level, that, that, that's the process outside of my thinking where, where they're really good at. Right. And, and yeah. maybe there's more action there. Oh yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Personality traits. Uh, you know, I'm learning a lot. I spent, um, a lot of time thinking a lot about what makes people the way they are, We're mm. uh, using a tool called culture index, which is kind of similar to disc or predictive index. And mm-hmm. it's really powerful, but it, it's the same thing. I mean, certain yeah. people, can excel in certain roles.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're on this, 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 this kind of uh, space of thought processes and the way we speak to ourselves. And and we've kind of talked a lot about it. What what would you say is the most important um, part or way of how you tell the story of your business to yourself, to your employees and to your potential clients?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, it kind of is weaved into some of the things we've already talked about. So to mm-hmm. summarize those, you know, I started glide and I had this crystal clear idea in my head. I read a book by Ken Blanchard called raving fans. And I said, that's what I want. Wow. You know, I want a business that delivers on promises. Yeah. And in his book, uh, uh, you know, in raving fans, he basically says, Hey, look, most businesses don't even f- follow through on their word, you know? Mm. So if you can just understand what you want as an organization, understand what your customers want and then deliver faithfully, you will be in an elite group. And so I said, okay, I want that, you know, I want to deliver faithfully. And, um, and so, you know, really glide is about making things and we, we have an unspoken core value probably of design. So Mm -hmm. everything we make, it's gotta be beautiful. We want it to be just absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also has to deliver results. So I had this crazy, uh, like my goal was, okay, I'm going to make, Amazing websites. I'm going to deliver clear results, and I'm going to have raving fan customers. Mm-hmm. And that's so I was like, that's the mission of glad, you know. That, wow. And so I, I, you know, I pursued that for almost ten years. And you know, about 2014, I was in a rut and I was just really discouraged. And I was like, why am I feel like I'm just like uh, go, going through the motions? Like I felt like it's just this constant, it, you know, nothing was changing. I didn't feel like I was really, you know, doing meaningful work. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then I saw that TED Talk by Simon Sinek, and he said, Hey, look, people don't care how much, you know, they care, they care what, like what your, why, which is like, they don't, they don't want to buy uh, your product or service. They want to buy your why. And and so I started thinking about that. And I realized I don't, I mean, I spent a year and a half of constant thought about why do I go to work every day? Mm. And it sure as crap wasn't to make websites. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) You know, if I was on my deathbed, I wouldn't say, man, I hope I wish I would have made more websites. (laughs) You know. And if I had a hundred million dollars in the bank, you know, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, I'm going to go make more websites, Mm -hmm. you know, with this hundred million Mm dollars. So I said, well, what, what really drives me to show up, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and, but here's the thing. I know my life purpose, like, like the back of my hand, because I've been thinking about that for a lot longer than business. And, um, and so like my, my life purpose is twofold or really threefold. Number one, it's that I want to help people. Come on. And, you know, there's a whole story about that that I can't share, but, you know, it, that, that, that got me to the place where I just make that that decision in my life. Yeah. Um, and then number two is I want to spend time with people I care about. Mm. And and then third, which is kind of the air that I try to breathe, which is just I want all of that to be for the glory of God. Come <laughs> and on. and um, so I was like, OK, well, if I'm going to have a business, then I just want the business to be an extension of those two things. So good. And so I, I tell you, man, I came to this life. Kind of this life-affirming why, this statement that I like that rang true like like a like a beautiful note in the air that was like, man, this is it. I will want to do this till the day I die, and it's I want to work with great people, for great people to do meaningful work that makes a difference. And mm. you know, I was like, man, if I can accomplish those things, I want that statement to be more true tomorrow than it is today. I want that statement to be more true next year than it is this year. Yeah. And, and I'm telling you, like, when I came to that statement and I share this with the Glide team, mm-hmm. like, it resonates deeply, you yeah. know, um, and it helps us create a healthy culture, um, you know, because culture is really just your values at work, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, how do you adhere to your values and then what do they look like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if someone were to just peek over your shoulder? and. And, um, you know, so delivering faithfully and building meaningful relationships and, you know, getting better every day and all these things that are core values, we only have four, but, um, so, you know, when I share this whole narrative, this story, that's how I share it, you know, and, and in fact, I kind of reshare this story almost every quarter yeah. with our company and, um, you know, in different ways and shapes and forms. So it's not, you know, too, uh, redundant, but it just, you can't emphasize these things enough. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I think that there's a lot of companies that maybe don't. Um, And so when I share the story of glide, you know, with our team and with, with, even with our employers uh, or, I mean, our partners and people that want to employ us, Mm -hmm. um, it resonates. Right. So, you know, if if someone were to say, well, what makes you guys different? Why should I, you know, there's this like sea of agencies that make websites, like Mm -hmm. why, why should we work with you guys over other people? Well, it always starts with our purpose. Like we, you know, we would prefer to be chosen, selected or not selected based on the purpose of life, which is to help people who help others. Yeah, And so that's kind of the narrative. And I, 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 I probably could go on and on and on, but so I, I want to make sure that I leave some time for more questions.
1: That's so good. That's so good. Why? Well, I, I just appreciate the heart in that. I think, I think more businesses as, as they're developing their story, as they're, as they're understanding how that works in the world and how that, connects to the different channels that they're, they're sharing and uh, within their company and externally um, starting with that purpose is, is always, I just don't think it'll ever be the wrong answer.
0: Yeah. You know, and it's, you know, I mean the, like the values, like, so, you know, the, the, our purpose is to help people who help others. And the way, what we mean by that is that, you know, I had this kind of clarity that um, if my life purpose is to help people Mm -hmm but, but my huge problem with myself is that I am like a hundred percent a workaholic. Mm. And so I'm recovering from that. Obviously having four kids and a wife really helps me get out of the <laughs> office because yeah. I can't stick in the office too long. They, they're like, you know, like dad, come to dinner, you yeah. know? And, uh, and I, I'm, you know, I'm gone every weekend for all these things. And so it's great, right? I have a family that, that yeah. keeps me from working seven days a week, but, but I, but I, otherwise I'd just be working all the time. And so I'm like, okay, well if I'm going to work all the time and I, I mean, if I'm on a vacation, I'll spend seven hours making a sandcastle. Come like on. I just, I've, I'm always working, you know. And so I'm like, well, if I'm going to work all the time, I'm gonna at least going to pick people, yeah, that are great. I e, you know, the the, the why statement to do meaningful things. So good. And and so that you know that I can I can say at the end of my life that you know I helped a lot of people and mm. and um and ideally they're helpers of, of people, right? So like if we if we can't build wells in Africa, but we can help the company that does come on, in Africa, you know, so or. Good delivers care packages to cancer patients yeah. or, or even like tacos, right? Like, you know, like uh, Torchy's tacos or, you know, like, yeah, hey, like they bring joy to the world. That's a, hey that's an important job.
1: I receive that.
0: Yeah. All so. day.
1: Yeah, as we, as we bring this, this uh, journey home here, um, you've built this beautiful company. You've, you've built, uh, amazing leaders within your company. You have a beautiful family. What would you say is, your, uh, you know what? And, and, and I'd love to go here. What is your personal parable to this day?
0: Man. So that is like an epic question, yeah. right? And it's and, almost like how do you summarize your whole life in like a, you know, in a simple illustration, you and,
1: know? We, and, and what if we did it this way? If I look at a parable in the Bible, they, they encompass a few different things. They, um, are, are, are memorable. They're impactful and they leave impact or sorry, sorry, they're memorable, impactful and, and they're Sorry. They're personal. Right. Yeah. So, so, so I can resonate with each one of those things. Um, and they're, they're, they're short. <laughs> they're, they're short. You're right. Um, but if you could well, hit, about hit those, oh, go, ahead.
0: go ahead. Well, I want to let you finish. Wait.
1: I was just going to say, so, so if you were to, if, 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 if that was a structure could, what, what could come from that?
0: Wow, oh, man, so many different angles. I mean, I I would almost say, you know, stealing from the idea that I would, I used earlier, just like for me personally, I think that I never really set off to accomplish or create a company. Mm -hmm. You know, I have goals now and we're trying to grow and, you know, do things and, and, you know, obviously be successful, but even still, I still think it is this continuous and steady flow of exploration mm-hmm. and creativity and overcoming yeah. and, you know, um, and, and trying to get closer to our, our why, mm-hmm. um, in the meaningful work. But, you know, it was interesting when I shared that story that it just kind of came up organically of my son, you know, looking for his toothbrush, right? Like, I feel like in some ways, maybe that in, in encompasses my life more than I probably realized. I, wow. I have a group of business mentors. And, um, it's kind of like my board for life. There are eight, of, uh, seven other entrepreneurs. And one of the questions we, we I went around the table uh, a couple, uh, last week and I asked these guys a question. I was like, what, what is something that I think about myself that's incorrect? And, or mm-hmm. it was, this was in a way that it was basically like, I undervalue myself, mm-hmm. you know, in their eyes. And so that, so maybe, just that 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 continual process of overcoming limiting beliefs, like yeah. you know that I am that kid in the bathroom wow. that is looking for that toothbrush, and it's not there. You know, yeah. like it's it's literally not there for me in that moment. And it takes someone else to see it. Come on, um, and and tell me it's there. And once it's there, now I can see it, and now it's obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's like the thing was always there; it never wasn't there. Yeah. And it was always achievable. I can reach in and grab it once I knew it was there. And so, like, once I told my son, I'm like, dude, it's right here on the counter. And then I walked back out of the bathroom. He knows exactly where it is at that point, Come you on. know. And I feel like that that has been my life in my life journey with Glide is that, you know, it's just been this steady continuum. And, and honestly, I think that the, that person speaking into my life has been these business mentors. I mean, um, I can't tell you how many people like looked at my life and said, Hey, look, man, you're going to accomplish, you know, great things or something. Sure. And I'm like, thank you. But like, you still like, you know, it's like, you know, do you really believe it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, okay. Or, like, thanks you know, mom.
1: You tell me that every day.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a very nice thing to say. Um, but, but also uh, authors, right. You know, yeah. reading, you know, I, I just feel like that if I could attribute half my success to the people in my life, you know, and then, mm-hmm. then another big portion would definitely have to go to all of the knowledge. Mm-hmm. And so that, so that parable of, of just of, of being kind of in this place of just constantly wherever you're at, just kind of having this like limited ability to mm-hmm. see. And, 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 and I, you know, and I will say that I believe that that applies to every single person on the planet. Mm-hmm. I just think that we don't realize what we're truly capable of. Mm-hmm. And if we really truly realized what we were truly capable of, the world would be so much better. Come and on. there's just, you know, there, there's so many people that count themselves out or discount what they're capable of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, and I would honestly say that as I've matured in my life, I think that I'm going to probably find a path that moves away from the marketplace yeah. or at least like owning a company. And in doing, you know, business to spend more time helping people, uh, you know, realize their, their greatest potential through transformational change through come whatever, on. you know, I'd love to write my own books. I'd yeah. love to, um, but man, you know, that we're not just this, this kid looking for a toothbrush that's right in front of us. We just can't see it. Wow.
1: You know, Woo. my man, that is, that is so good. How can, as, you know as, as we, we come, come to a close here. How can we uh and, and everybody listen just continue to support the glide story and and follow along?
0: Well, I'm just well, th- doing this is pretty awesome, yeah. so you know, just check, right you know, um, I don't know how this will be shared, but it but it wherever you are, whoever you are, if you're listening to this, thank you. Yeah. you made it all the way to the end, you didn't stop <laughs> so I'm like super thankful for that. Uh, uh so, you know, uh, just, just know that whoever you are, that you're listening to this, that you're getting, uh, just a, a virtual high five for me mm. right now for, uh, for sticking <laughs> with us through this. Um, and other than that, I would love to be a part of hearing more stories, yeah. you know, so listening and hearing from other people and, and, and hopefully maybe uh, a year from now you'll have a conference or something like that. And we'll, um, there we go. you know, you'll, and you'll invite me to come speak and, and, uh, you know, we'll grow together <laughs>
1: we'll speak that one out. That's right. That's right. Well, Travis, you, you have you, your story, the way the the man that you are, the vision that you have in your life, the family that you have, just want to honor you for sharing that today and for, for living it out. I mean, for those, tra- Travis is a dear friend of mine, for those who don't know. And, and just the way I've seen you live your life out as we've grown closer over the past couple months. Um, what you've said today isn't just some story isn't just some farce it's like you are living it and and i just want to honor you for that and thank Thank you for for sharing that today it really means means the world
0: well thank you thank you and thank you for having me and and for being such an encourager and um and i'm thrilled for what's to come
1: amazing yeah thanks for coming on today travis awesome thank you (laughs) boom baby What another phenomenal conversation. Hope you took some notes again. And and just a question, like Travis shared a powerful purpose statement, a why, right? From Simon Sinek, Start With Why. What would you say your why is? What's your purpose? Does your team know about it? Are they driven on the same purpose or something that is aligned with yours, parallel to yours? Something to think about, maybe to journal about for the rest of the day. I'm really excited that you stopped by. Don't forget to follow Travis. Don't forget to subscribe and uh, just leave us stars and reviews so we know how to continue to serve your story as a business better. This is all about story. We're all about people. And you are here to connect. We're here to connect with you. Thanks again for stopping by. I'm Luke at Parable Brand, and this was the Story of Business podcast. We'll see you next week.